Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the preview show of Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. My name is Marcus Christopher Speller. My name is James Edward Campbell. I'm Luke Aaron Moore. And I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm going to get you. Hello, everybody. It's another beautiful day in the neighbourhood. I hope you're keeping well. How are you, Luke Moore? I'm doing well, thank you. And I've also uh, welcomed the reminder that Pete doesn't have a middle name, which to mm. me is a waste of quite an inspirational fella. I mean, his mum and dad could have given him quite an interesting middle name, which would have made him even more of an interesting chap if that were possible. But it didn't happen. So I always feel a little bit sad for Pete when he's the only one of the four of us not to have a middle name. The problem is, Luke, um, we'd be in a situation where we'd be at a, like Luton Airport, and I will have filled in the form wrong on the on the um, flight, and they oh, wouldn't it's just let extra me in because kind of mis- variables. Yeah, 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 exactly. You don't want to throw any more more curveballs at the situation. Was that why they made that decision? Just for, for yeah. helping? He's probably going to be a fucking idiot. So we just give him one name. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll give we'll give him a first name that contains five letters, two of which are the same, uh, and just go from there. Yeah, this will be an unreliable man who flies a lot. Let's, let's make that easy. Prescient, very prescient. Yeah. You maybe a rebrand, Pete. We like a Brazilian football. You just have the one name. It might be easier. Diggory, yeah, I think so. Indeed, yeah. This is where Diggory came from, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we tried. The, the authorities uh, rebuffed it, of course. Um, there we are. There we are. Anyway, gentlemen. Speaking of authorities, what about UEFA? Eh? They've uh, they've had a meeting uh, this week. They said that the European Championships 
that will now take place during the summer of 2021 will still be called Euro 2020. I find that a bit annoying. And so will historians. <laughs> Does that mean that we don't have to like age a year while this goes on? Because mm. if right. the Euros can do it, surely we can all do it. We just don't count this. We all just universally agree to pause time. Is this because you're coming up to your 40th like me? Uh, and that means we can stay 39 for a bit longer. I've got, an, I'm 37 at the moment, Pete. And that's, oh. not, in, that's not adjusting for, um, you know, pausing time. But I have to be completely honest. It's on the horizon. And that's exactly why I'm thinking this. Jim, you've been 37. Jim, you've been 37 for five years now. Yeah. Yeah. It's about time you it's owned like up that to it. song. It's like Jerry Halliwell. Yeah. <laughs> no, leave Halliwell alone. But oh, I, I assumed that I assumed that um, I mean speaking on as as someone who is going to be forty before anyone else on this show, um, I I pres- I'm all for, all in favour of the kind of pausing for a year that works very very well for me. But I was assuming that the reason they've decided to do this is because it's been postponed so late mm. that they've got a load of merch and branding Must and everything that they've probably Must paid be. through the nose for that they still want to sell and they can't yeah. just get a million marker pens and just put a one <laughs> over the zero <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely it i, I think yeah. It's, yeah. every time we see euro 2020 and it will be everywhere next summer if indeed it does go ahead bloody in the summer of 2021 the way this is going everyone will just we will be constantly i suppose bemused by that there'll be a lot of signs that are getting vandalized i walked down the street uh (laughs) this morning and uh some enterprising um twitter account owner had written an inspirational message in whiteout paint on the front of a um, disused um, shop front saying uh during the lockdown make every day count uh, obviously, oh. a put-upon parent uh, had uh, rubbed out the oar in the uh, count, uh, so he got a very different word. Uh, nice. and, and and I respect that kind of uh, that kind of uh, graffiti graffito artist um, uh, a kind of aesthetic. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of people with marker pens just uh, just crossing out the zero and thinking they're the first they are the first person to ever do it. Yeah, or perhaps if they're a little more subtly creative they'll put um quotation marks around 2020 but i sort of (laughs) i do quite like the idea that um that sort of slight show of defiance there the idea that you know this was going to be euro 2020 we're just doing it in 2021 damn you coronavirus Mm. damn you to hell Mm. (laughs) well uefa didn't just talk about that of course They, they they did talk about um uh, qualification for the Champions League and the Europa League, uh, Europa League, sorry, for next season, and it must be based on sporting merit. That's what they say. That's the takeaway: sporting merit. So each league and association will have the power to determine how that is interpreted if the season is unable to be finished. I absolutely love that. They've effectively just sat down and gone, "Yeah, you lot can sort that out." Yeah, that's, we'll just we'll delegate that to, to everyone else. This is too complicated, and I, I also like the use of the term merit as well because a merit can just be awarded, can't it? You can mm. you can set the parameters of that yourself, very much so. So they've cleverly washed their hands of a really really complicated situation there, UEFA. They they very much have. Well, they're effectively removing the option to null and void the season off the table. Mm. Um, other options, such as playing small playoff systems, that kind of thing, could come into play. Although I think that might, again, no no solution seems decent at the moment. But UEFA have stated that if a league finishes without government decree or economic problems, then clubs from that league could be barred from next season's European competitions. 
Luke, wow. they're getting serious. Yeah, I think they're trying to guard against this null and void option because it's the most difficult for them logistically, isn't it? And um, as we said on on the continent yesterday with Andy, and if you haven't listened to that, go back and give it a listen because uh, crucially we recorded that about 20 minutes before this news broke. So that's always <laughs> helpful. Um, they, they, they're, at the, they're at the mercy of the authorities. And I think a bit later on, we'll maybe we'll talk about what's happening in the Netherlands and Netherlands have now got no choice but to, to look at a different option because the um, Prime Minister has uh, essentially banned uh, professional sport until later in the year. So, mm. But then some of the bigger leagues are much are very, very reluctant to, to have to go down that path. So there's been talk now, hasn't there, that it will be settled on maybe a points-per-game basis or whatever that may be. So... Um, Everyone is 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 working within the parameters that have been passed down from their governmental authorities, and and, and the other thing that's really interesting, actually, I think, is that there are some countries that are much further along in being able to look at bringing the sport, bringing football back than, than others. So it's it's not going to necessarily be possible for UEFA to have a one size fits no one approach. They're going to have to come up with something between them. But what's important is that it happens. Um, in a way that suits each country and also gives them eligible clubs for next season's European competition, whenever that may be. Because if it's completely null and voided, it becomes very, very unbalanced. Well, it does, yeah. I mean, you mentioned there about the Dutch um, FA planning to bin off the season because obviously professional sport being banned until September. But the big news for mainland Europe, which of course you covered on, on the continent, is that the Bundesliga says it's ready to resume on the 9th of May if the German government gives the green light, which, of course, at the time of recording, there has been no update on that story. But that would be pretty remarkable if, if, if they got things going. But obviously, you discussed that there. Um, I, I can't help but think that if UEFA really, really want some sort of sporting merit, they should take a leaf out of... And we often we often go back to... to um, MLS and Nazel and all that kind of stuff. We were, we were given a tweet the other day. Someone sent us a tweet who quite wonderfully pointed out that they used to have sort of goalkeeper-style penalty shootouts where opposing goalkeepers would stand. I don't, I don't know how far apart it would be. Sort of 20, this is incredible, yards? isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's, mm. I, don't, I don't know, say 30 yards. It's not that far apart. And they, they can either drop kick or, or throw the ball into the um, opposing goalkeeper's net. So they're socially distanced. Okay, it's something yeah. a bit different because <laughs> it was penalty shootouts. People might think, "Oh, but that's well, we've seen that." No, no, that's deciding big um, matches in or, or knockout games and so on. This totally different goalkeeper mm. penalty shootout thing. We tweeted this as well. Do check it out because it's phenomenal. Oh, it's a beautiful piece of work. I thought it was just goalkeepers flinging the ball at each other from like twenty yards. I didn't know it was an actual competition. Mm, yeah, it's like a sort of penalty <laughs> shoot at each other. But what I don't understand is that they 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 don't seem to. Um, they've got the option of drop kicking or basically throwing. Yeah. Uh, one of the commentators uh, pointing out uh, very clearly that uh, the brother of the goalkeeper uh, who was throwing the ball at the other person's net, uh, his brother is a baseball. Uh, pitcher, so he's probably got incredible delivery skills. But just plumbing mm. drop kick for crying out loud! You're about yeah. ten yards away from the goal, just absolutely <laughs> leather it. I just watched it thinking, why is any of this happening? <laughs> I mean, that, that is a very fair question, Luke. But I suppose once you've seen a bit of it, you just kind of get carried away and caught up with it, don't you? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I I quite enjoyed it. I think there's probably something quite humiliating as a goalkeeper getting beaten by another goalkeeper's throw, but they they both seemed intent on doing it that way. Maybe it was mm. it was quite early. It was quite 
it looked like relatively early 90s American soccer. So maybe they were just desperate to play any other sport. (laughs) (laughs) You could you could put you could do it in like a Faraday cage, like an electrified Faraday cage and just kind of, uh, you know, a little get a bit of like WrestleMania in there as well. I'm I'm in job. I'm into it. I'm into ending the season like that. Just having people taking absolute howitzers at each other's goals. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's, it's some kind of sporting merit, isn't it? It avoids the yeah. null void. This is it, what it's come to. <laughs> but it has, Luke. UEFA are effectively just sort of doing what the American government has just gone, just go state by state and just fight it among yourselves. Fight for the <laughs> yeah. resources that you've got, sort yourselves out, and we'll see what happens at the end. <laughs> yeah. Liberate La Liga. Liberate the Bundesliga. <laughs> uh, make Serie A great again. Well, um, it's it's creeping up the football pyramid in England, um, this uh, this idea of sort of calling the season as it is. We've sort of seen that in Scotland. But National League clubs in England have decided to end the season at its current point, cancel all remaining fixtures. 90% of clubs voted in favour of this. And the National League board will decide on the feasibility of continuing to hold the playoffs to decide the promotion from each of its three divisions, but there's no timescale for this and they will seek help and assistance, of course, from clubs in in making the final decisions. And they'll also discuss all these possibilities with the Football League because it could affect the Football League going up and down. I just think that Mm. UEFA are seeing countries, we've seen, as say, Belgium, uh, their one, uh, the Dutch look as though they're going to go that way as well. People are just going, this is, we, we can't do it. Other than the, the Bundesliga, it seems that everyone's just going, yeah, it just can't be done on UEFA, are crapping themselves thinking, well, hang on, how, how do we sort out the qualification for the Champions League and the Europa League? And it is such a headache. I, I, I've I've no idea other than this um, goalkeeper penalty shootout thing, which seems... Marcus, um... <laughs> does, does, does this mean that Barrow at the top of the National League have been will be automatically promoted to the Football League then? N- no, I, d- I don't think it will because they'll need the Football League's consensus, won't they? Mm. You can't just say football league. Here you go. Is another club up there? Because it's yeah, the football okay. league. Got so we have to wait and see. Mean. Basically, they mm. have to. They have to basically. Because I sort of the reason I asked that is because the Barrow manager was lobbying quite hard on the BBC yesterday, saying that it would be at this point it would be really unfair for Barrow not to be promoted. Now I understand why you would say that, but I didn't think actually it's pretty obvious, isn't it, that they need to work out what's happening with League Two first. Yeah, yeah. Because a, t- a team falling out of League Two out of the, out of the football league on a not altogether fair basis would be pretty scandalous in a season of scandal based on what's happening. I know it's not going to be fair for everyone and it's going to be very, very difficult for a lot of clubs, but it's hard to think of something more disastrous than dropping out the Football League, really. And for that to happen in an incomplete season would be kind of of pretty full on, wouldn't it? Mm. And also, if you um, think a lot of the reasons why a lot of teams didn't get promoted in the 90s uh, into their league was because their uh, grounds weren't good enough. Remember that sort of situation? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, obviously, the few people you do see out in the streets are builders. So, by the time the season starts <laughs> up again, they could have built a super stadium. We don't know. 50,000 yeah. seater. Like that yeah, big exactly. lasagna. Like that big lasagna or... <laughs> Or Darlington FC's £20,000 mega stadium. That is oh, now yeah. uh, just... £20,000? Must be yeah, rubbish. That seems pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Deary me. Are we ready to talk about uh, Newcastle United again? Always. Are we ever? 
Oh, we have. Mm. A... <laughs> I think, Marcus, it very much depends on who individually you ask on the show. <laughs> well, yeah. well, it's it's a strange situation because normally when we talk about a takeover bid, we, as soon as we've mentioned it, it's gone. Whereas this one's sort of hanging around a bit longer. So I'm not not quite sure. To the point of um, Qatari broadcaster being sport are, are trying to get the Premier League to stop the proposed sale of Newcastle United to uh, Amanda Staveley and the Saudis, of course. Even Richard Keyes came out and said it's not right. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, but notable, notable, um, notable Qatari supporting organ, Richard Keyes. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's essentially he's hitched his wagon to, to Qatar as soon as he knew the 2022 Qatari World Cup uh, was going to happen. And obviously before, when he was bombed out in disgrace from the UK. And out, now everything Qatar does is amazing, according to Richard. Yeah. And if, if, if his paymasters at BN Sport Want something done? He is very much the figurehead for that. He's very much the chemical Ali, isn't he? Well, it's yeah. very, very he much was so. wonderfully described by Marina Hyde in the Guardian as Lord Hawhaw. For those who get that, reference. yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. <laughs> and and so and so it is. It is. I wouldn't be surprised if he's got a single line telephone into his home, which he just answers when it rings and it says, "Can well, you please a, now just say this?" He does have a telephone box in there. Remember when we when we yeah, got he does, uh, yeah. A little sort of walk around his house in Qatar, and he mm. said it was but to remind him of, of home. And then he said, "Is on... this? I mean, I don't know. Is that home or is here home? I'm, I'm not sure anymore." Yeah. <laughs> as well as the, the whole, um, you know, fierce lo- loyalty to his paymasters in Qatar thing, he also hates <laughs> Newcastle. So I mean, this is a real perfect storm for Richard, isn't it? Yeah. Although he did say, "Oh, not that club. Any any other club, but not that club, or something." Does he hate Newcastle? What is the reason for that? I can't remember the original uh, reason. I think it was around one of the previous three or four takeovers. I think he just kind of gives it the big licks about um, Mike Ashley. Uh, Newcastle fans should be really happy that Mike Ashley is at the helm because he's yeah. always supported the club financially. All that, all that good stuff. And, of course, he gets pelters. I assumed it was also because he had some kind of running with Rafa Benitez back in the day when he was oh, working yeah. at Sky. Yeah, and Rafa Benitez was sort of banging, banging the drum and PRing himself quite effectively to Newcastle United fans. And obviously you can make your own conclusions on that. And so therefore Richard, in the in this binary world of good and evil in which he lives, <laughs> had to then side with everyone against Rafa, which then meant the Newcastle fans turned on him, which now means he hates Newcastle. That's that's the that's the mathematics I'm doing in my mind. Mm. Yeah, imagine the kind of um, room full of lasers uh, in front of a safe kind of contortions Richard Keyes is having to uh, sort of <laughs> um, get through uh, when it comes to living life in a binary good and evil kind of world, depending on what he gets up to in his well, life. If, um, good luck. If, you, if you look at his Twitter, he's always saying that, you know, he's never seen any of this stuff. So, what's the fuss all about? He's never yeah. seen any of this stuff that he's done personally to other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we have to take him on his word, don't we? Yeah. Richard's not seen it. <laughs> Do we? If Richard's, if Richard's not seen it, then I believe that he hasn't seen it. Um, whether it's going on or not, is I do. I do like the fact that um, if the if if the um, pr- proposed takeover breaks down, it is because not because Amnesty International has said less, it's because B in Sport and Richard <laughs> yeah. Keyes have headed a a, 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 yeah. a dirty tricks campaign uh, to see off see off the investors. But it it, yeah. it does make me giggle that like an, a, an entire country just pirating somebody else. Is, um, yeah, it's so funny. Else is right, and and, yeah. and and to be honest, Richard, if you are listening, I, have a look at my internet history because I've watched you way too many times and I care to mention, and I didn't want to. <laughs> I was forced into it. All right, so yeah, 
get stuff. And the, <laughs> the thing as well is like they have a satellite, don't they, the Saudis, to, to do this thing. And it's called Be Out Sport. They, they are. <laughs> it's an admirable level to which they're taking the piss. Mm. <laughs> don't get involved, Premier League. Oh, you already have. Well, the the thing is, in on a serious note, is that as as we mentioned on the last show, Sheffield United have have Saudi owners, don't they? Or I, I'm not sure the exact details of it, but they're at least heavily involved. So presumably, this this is not going to go anywhere, as there's precedent. Yeah, but Jim, the horse has already bolted, as we've already said. You know, mm. anyway. But uh, staying with Newcastle United, a paragraph, a paragraph I read in the press this week uh, said this, Newcastle boss Steve Bruce is set to be given until the end of the season, whenever that may be, at least to prove he is the right manager to guide the club to European football. He's buggered, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nine games of the season left and the season's been paused. But good luck, Steve. <laughs> I think it might be mathematically impossible. <laughs> <Did> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Steve, do you want to just let us know what you would have done? Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll judge it on this merits, mate. Because, Steve, I, if I remember rightly, we didn't even have that many injuries so, <laughs> at the point in which the season paused. Oh. So, not yeah. important ones anyway. Oh. I've got this new lad, Joel Linton. He is going to be a dynamo in the six yard box. I like the idea that um, there's, a, there's a new 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 regime potentially coming in and most people will be sat there thinking, oh, you know, I wonder what it's going to be like. I wonder what the, the changes are going to be like at the place I work. Yeah. Steve Bruce is sitting there <laughs> thinking, well, I already know I'm going to uh... be fired. So it, 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 he, probably doesn't even want fo- he probably doesn't even want football to come back. He'll be, be Newcastle's longest serving manager if this keeps up. Indeed, yeah. Former Newcastle defender Warren Barton believes... The club should go after Maurizio Pochettino should the takeover happen. I mean, I get the impression now with, for Steve Bruce that it wouldn't surprise me if Warren Barton said that while he was sat next to Steve Bruce. Yeah, <laughs> Warren, Warren Barton is under Warren Barton is underratedly terrifying. Really, he, he he looks he looks like the kind of bloke who, when you were growing up on your street, would literally, if your football went over into his back garden, he would come out with a knife and stab the ball and pop it. <laughs> Really? Look, honestly, Google image of it's exactly what he looks like. I think the the name's quite scary in a sort of slight Patrick Bateman way. Warren Barton Mm. sounds like a very important, very moneyed man who who (laughs) might stop at nothing to get what he wants. (laughs) I think think you're absolutely right there, Jim. He looks terrifying in that sort of um, American psycho type of businessman kind of way. In which you think he. he I think he looks like a properly. I think he looks like a properly lost it PE teacher. I mean his name. Uh, yeah, there's often crossover between those two. All. No, I don't see you're thinking of his all. beautiful I mean, he, he... blonde locks when he played. I am. I his mean, curtains. he played. He played for Wimbledon at some literally crazy times. So, <laughs> like, maybe maybe there's that menace about him. You know, he's probably gone through a lot. Uh, and you know, he's, well, he played for Wimbledon twice, in fact. So it, it's kind of, and then he just moved to America wholesale, and he's. I think he's been there ever since, hasn't he? So he's. I, I think he's mellowed out a little bit. Bit of sunshine, yeah. bit of uh, core comms, lovely old job. Yeah, get off his back, Luke, or he'll stab you. <laughs> Sorry, Warren. Um, yeah, well, gentlemen, I'd like to bring uh, Michael O'Neill to your attention. He's left his post as Northern Ireland manager to solely focus on Stoke City. He was in charge for eight years of, of Northern Ireland. He was due to see out the Euro 2020 qualification process and possibly the tournament, of course, if Northern Ireland had got there. They're in a playoff against Bosnia-Herzegovina. Could even play Ireland in, in the final of that playoff. It's a bit of a shame, this. Obviously, it's a 
yeah. you know, a minor footnote in football at the moment. But a bit of a shame. Obviously, the same happened to big Mick McCarthy. Now, that was a shame in terms of content. But I feel this is a bit of a shame for Michael O'Neill because when he took over, I think Northern Ireland was something like 127th in the world or something like that. And now they're about 45th in the FIFA rankings. Now, you may not give too much credence for the rankings, but still, I think that much of a jump is, is quite something. He got them to... Um, the Euros in 2016 uh, as well, on merit. That wasn't just a, a generous, um, you know, people saying, oh, it's an expanded tournament. So they, they did get there fair and square. So, yeah, a bit of a shame for Michael O'Neill, I thought. Yeah, yeah, one of the things interesting about the, um, the, the, the race, if it is a race, and let's be honest, nothing's happening, so it's probably a very slow race at the moment, to, um, to replace him, is that I saw that um, David Healy's on the shortlist, apparently, oh, who... Oh. Um, it's just been quietly going. He's only forty. He's been quietly going about uh, winning two uh, titles at Linfield as a coach uh, okay. since he retired. And there's talk that he might be uh, favoured to take over the um, the, the job, uh, which is interesting to me because despite doing uh, a football podcast and some football broadcasting for now thirteen years, I've never heard of any of the other candidates. <laughs> <laughs> which says more about me, probably. I can see that, but nonetheless, that's the case. I think Stephen Robinson is uh, a candidate when I was reading the story. He's currently manager of Motherwell. He manages the well. And uh, he played, you know, I think he, I'm just, basically, I'm just looking at his Wikipedia page now. I'll hold my hands up. But he played for Bournemouth <laughs> for, for a while. But he did, he had a few caps for Northern Ireland. Um, his his uh, son, Harry, is also a footballer. So, um, you know, I know a little bit more about him now. Jim Mark has actually ever said what I've just said. Jim, big Jim Nagilton, I think, might be linked as well, actually. Now you're talking. Who I've obviously heard of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd like big Jerry Taggart. It would be an absolute... Oh, what, well, because you worked with him once, 10 years ago? Where? Pathetic. It, it wasn't 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that makes you sound less pathetic, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a beautiful disaster. Um, he's a delightful chap. But um, uh, talking of beautiful chaps, uh, David Moyes, have you heard about this? He's been delivering fruit and veg to his local elderly residents in, in uh, the village he lives in in Lancashire. Isn't that lovely? Jim, you're a it's fan brilliant. of David Moyes. I'm an absolute fan of the fact that the ferryman is ferrying shopping around for old people. <laughs> can I just say, can I just say, if you if you're if you're worried for your future as an old person in a coronavirus world, the last person you want walking up your drive is David fucking Moyes. Why? <laughs> because you think, well, that's the Grim Reaper. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> I'm finished. He's not the Grim Reaper. He's the ferryman. Or is the ferryman the Grim Reaper? I've never experienced. Look at that either. ginger skull. Is what you'd think. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming for me. Is that hair or flames? Either way, I have had it. I have had it. Why has he got a fruit basket? That seems a bit crass. A bit seems sympathetic. That's even worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me death is, presents. Is that is that the motorbike from Ghost Rider delivering the vegetables? <laughs> Oh, well, he is oh Ghost Rider, isn't he? You can imagine oh, wow. it a week in, a week in. Sorry, David, can we have a quick word? Yeah, it's not really working. I mean, yeah. everyone's terrified. <laughs> have you have you read the circumstances of it? I've got some quotes here from from David Moyes from the Go Ghost on, Rider himself. Um, it's it's amazing. So he says, when the when the coronavirus first hit here, I was in a fruit and veg shop in the village. There was a thing up in the window that drivers were needed, so I volunteered as my wife was away at the time and I was on my own. All I was doing was dropping it at the door, knocking and then going away. It was beautiful big boxes of fruit and veg. I thought, this is great. I was really enjoying it. Going back to the shop to get another lot and then filling filling the car up. It, it gives the impression that 
he he felt you had to drop everything you were doing and just start a new life on the spot. Like when when <laughs> like when, it, when lockdown yeah. came into into play, and he's really gone for it, and he he's genuinely sounds. It. He sounds happier mm. delivering shopping to old people in a pandemic yes. than he does managing West Ham. Yes. yes. Well, like, he, sounds, he sounds very much like the, the, that's probably... Uh, I didn't watch a lot of David Moyes back in the day, but it kind of sounds like that's how he played football. And also, like, the idea of him dropping vegetables at the door uh, 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 and fruit and running uh, and, and basically running away. It's literal <laughs> knockdown ginger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lockdown yeah. ginger. You yeah. Could that, Jim. Love yeah. that. I, I like it, and I think... I just hope he doesn't get sacked from this job. That's all I'm hoping. So what we should say, I mean, we should probably be a bit balanced and say it's a really nice thing that he's doing. Yeah, we talked about we talked is. about Mourinho it doing is. it a few weeks ago, didn't we? As well. I mean, it's it he is a ni- it's a nice after. gesture. It's not something he obviously has to do. So mm. he's obviously um, he, he's either volunteered or he's been asked and he's yeah. agreed. Good on him because he's doing more than lots of people are doing. So we shouldn't probably probably just shouldn't hammer him. Yeah. Should say at least acknowledge <laughs> that he's doing quite a nice thing. Right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go for a quick break. After which, there's some very exciting Patreon news. Stay tuned for that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back to the preview show on Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. Thanks for staying tuned to your podcast. Uh, Luke, what on earth is going on at the Patreon? It's very exciting news. So for those of you who are used to hearing the Patreon message after the ad break, do not skip. Do not skip this one. You will not want to skip it. There's a reminder that you can sign up and support us on Patreon, um, and you know all about that. You'll receive behind-the-scenes content and bonus episodes for as little as $5 a month. It will also uh, help keep all our shows running through this difficult period, and we really appreciate your support. So that's point number one. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But if you're yet to sign up, 
then do listen carefully to this. Thanks to the good people at Toshiba, you can win a brand new TV just by signing up to our Patreon. Yes, Toshiba will give away a smart 4K HDR TV with Freeview Play to each of our three lucky Patreon subscribers. The three of you who have signed up to the Patreon could win a TV. Simply sign up at patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily by 5 a.m. UK time this Monday, the 27th of April, by 5 a.m. British summertime this Monday. Everyone signed up before the deadline, including those of you who are already Patreon subscribers, will be eligible for the prize. Signing up to a higher tier also makes you more likely to win. So if you sign up to our supporters club tier, you'll be entered once into the competition. But if you sign up to our Ramble On tier, the one above, you will be entered twice into the competition. And if you sign up for our highest tier, as well as becoming an official friend of the Ramble, which is an amazing thing in and of itself, your name will be entered three times into the competition. The higher the tier, the more chance you've got to win Three of you will win a wicked Toshiba Smart 4K HDR TV with Freeview Play. We'll announce that on Monday's episode of The Ramble. So head to patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily by 5 a.m. on Monday to enter. And we'll announce the winners on that Monday's episode of The Ramble. So good luck. Uh, thanks very much for your support. And we'll talk to you about it with some amazing prizes on Monday. And this is a competition for UK residents only. You must be a resident in the UK to be eligible for a prize. Flipping fantastic. Right, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for emails with PDD. It is time for emails with PDD, but before we go to the jingle, uh, I've got an email from uh, Marcos, uh, Marcos Castello. Uh, hello, lads. Hope you're all keeping well and safe in these somewhat bleak times. I hope I brought you something uplifting. A cute little girl singing the world's greatest jingle created for under £251. I've been a listener uh. since 2013 and, like many other listeners, was caught belting out Pete's masterpiece at home as it gets in my head and refuses to leave. My uh, daughter Pepe uh, picked up on it and uh, insisted I played the jingle to her over and over and over. So here's her rendition for everyone to enjoy. No pressure, but I'm sure hearing it playing on the show will go somewhere to uh, soothing the ache of having her beloved Liverpool FC delayed from winning the title. She's four, uh, Marcos. She's four, for crying out loud. Don't subject <laughs> yeah. her to the pain of football yeah. just yet, but this is what she sounds like. To email show footballramblerdaily.com and now Pete is reading it out. Well done. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Oh, my. That is amazing. That's it's good, it's good, isn't it? So thank you very much to Marcos Castello de Arajo so and uh, Pepe as well. You email show Hello to uh, Connor Malloy. Do, do any of our number uh, watch the TV show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I've flirted with it, but I, I can't get on with it. I've never seen it. Right, Jim? No, I, I, I don't love it. Uh, I know a lot of people mm. do. I right, sometimes okay. call it it's not that funny in Philadelphia to annoy people, oh. which generally works. Oh. Um, Hello, Bojack yeah. Horseman fan. Oh. <laughs> 
Well, Connor's got in touch from uh, Minneapolis, not Philly, where all people are dirt trash, he says. Uh, what is the Philly of England, he wants to know. <laughs> we'll figure that one out a little bit later on. Hello, Ramblers, in these uh, COVID times. The man gets to wondering, and I was struck by sim- how similar uh, the members of the Ramble are to the main characters from It's Always in Sunny in, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And you'll see why I've read this one out. Uh, Luke is like Mac Brash, full of himself, even though no one takes him seriously. Marcus is like Dennis. He thinks he's smooth, but his idea of smooth is actually just modelled off an old venal pervert. Uh, Pete is just like Charlie. <laughs> Pete is just like Charlie, runty and constantly teased by the other three members of the group, but everyone in the audience has him as their favourite. And Jim is not actually that much like D, uh, so that's where the theory starts to break down. However, they are both tall, gangly, and prone to harm themselves through unbelievably consistent pratfalls. I'm back on board at that point, to be quite frank. I have flirted yeah, with TV fair. Sean. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's fair. Uh, Craig Evans has uh, got in touch. Uh, Hi, all. <laughs> Pete's Film Club did remind me of the audiovisual monstrosity that was Goal 3, one of the most godforsaken pieces of shit ever created in any medium. <laughs> there are two small bits that you might like. I mean, we might, depending on how long this uh, lockdown goes through, uh, we may get to uh, the uh, third of the uh, amazing series that is Goal. Uh, but there is a, f- a cameo by Newcastle United's uh, own Mike Ashley in Goal 3. And uh, he's uh, and and he, or so, no, he's not wearing it, but someone is wearing a half and half Newcastle slash England away shirt. It, it really is something else <laughs> in the background. And, and Northern Mike Rock, yourself, Newcastle though. United... Yeah, he'd, he'd have a go, I reckon, if he could uh, get the rights from uh, Umbros. You got a new, you got to get Northern Rock Newcastle shirt uh, mixed with a classic red England shirt. You hate to see it, and you hate to see it in the uh, film Goal Three. Please do yourself a favour and don't watch this film out of curiosity if you haven't already seen it. Says Craig, uh, it's free on YouTube, uh, but I'd still feel ripped off if I watched it. <laughs> Why do I feel like you're setting us up to watch this, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've said, to be honest, I've not even seen the film Watch on Monday yet with Pella, so we'll see how that no, one pans out. We might just like, we, we actually end the feature on that. Uh, Tom, <laughs> hiya, folks. At the last count, uh, Captain Tom Moore has raised more than £28 million for uh, NHS charities. A fine effort, like a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. He's like a one-man comic relief with a wall. Yeah, it's mad. Incredible. Um, but with loads of footballers currently kicking their heels without any games to play, instead of spending this money sensibly... I reckon that morale could be boosted by making one marquee signing to help the UK's healthcare. (laughs) 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 What current footballer would you buy for 28 million? (laughs) Tom, I think I speak for everyone uh, in the country when I say I think you're the worst person in the world. (laughs) But I'm so glad you listened to the Football Ramble. Thank you so much. uh, And I'm so glad that, Pete, you didn't actually come to me first to say, Luke, which player would you buy? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly, Luke. What what football will you will you buy for twenty eight million? I think that's morally abhorrent, and I will not entertain yeah. it. Oh, Terrible. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, show at footballramble uh, I enjoyed those emails, and I hope you did too. Bye bye. <laughs> right, everybody. It's now time for time tunnel. Oh, it's exciting. Ooh, it mm. is this week's. Who time chose tunnel. this one? It was Jim Campbell. Nice was. one, Jim. Hey. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's the episode that's called Flower versus Bee. Uh, it's from 2015, isn't it? It's September 14th, 2015, I believe. And this, again, through a happy accident, because it seems so much happens in football. Every single time you go back to an episode, you're like, oh, I remember that as if it was a huge thing. Um, but this is the the show just after Tim Sherwood's Aston Villa had been 2-0 up against Leicester and ended up losing 3-2. And in my probably my favourite post-match interview in all of football, he's just absolutely crestfallen and, and 
and uh, the, I think it might be Steve Parry who asked who asked him how he's feeling, and he just sort of looks completely dead eyed into the middle distance and says, "I ain't never felt this bad ever." <laughs> it is awesome. amazing Jim, like like you, you say that about the the post-match interview and everyone can grab their their personal favorites from wisecracks and the things that you know ferguson said and benitez has said and yeah, you know, the fact thing benitez did and the Mourinho stuff but this is if you want a properly realized set of emotions just temporarily in a human host Right. Look <laughs> at this interview. It's available on the BBC website, uh, straight as Jim says, straight after the defeat. And he does an amazing combination, Tim Tim Sherwood, of um, of sort of naughty school child that's been caught doing something he shouldn't do. Uh, um, at like a quite quite chippy adolescent, um, quite stupid adult. All of it is together in one sort of three minute interview. It is incredible to rewatch. I rewatched it this morning yeah. and I immediately went onto the WhatsApp group and said, you guys, you've got to watch this back. It's so funny. The, the, the thing that makes me laugh is that the date is 14th of September, 2015. We're a month into the season and Tim Sherwood's having a breakdown. I'm just very <laughs> yeah. 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 I felt a bit sorry for, for Tim Sherwood watching it back. Actually, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I I know what you mean, but at the same time, because you you can't help but see a man who's really having a rough time, and that's always a difficult thing to watch in any situation, isn't it? If you've got a heart, um, but at the same time, it's it's incredibly unprofessional. Like it yeah. it, it well, yeah. displays a real lack of, um, of 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 I suppose intelligence in the face of adversity. I think I I don't feel sorry for him chiefly because um, he. Um, He's a, he's a he's a powerful, you know, by most people's measure in the grand scheme of the whole ecosystem of football, successful guy, um, and he he bluffed his way into a series of positions uh, and wrote a lot of checks that he couldn't cash, and you know he lost his job, but I mean he's treated pretty well financially as far as I remember. Uh, he spends a lot of his time on the on the um, on the media chipping off about other football players and other football managers, as do I. So um, yeah. I've got no uh, no no particular issue with that. I mean, it's only a guy standing there upset like a spoiled brat because he lost a football match. I mean, I, well, I don't have sympathy for him at all, really. A spoiled yeah, brat, yeah, but he'd, he'd never felt this bad ever. <laughs> well, actually, put it into context. If if he had said, "I don't ever feel this. I've not felt this bad." Since um, I didn't get the present I wanted for my 14th birthday, that's one thing. The fact that he hasn't ever felt this bad ever, fair enough. I'll row back a bit and say I do feel a bit sorry for him because that is quite the measure. I'd like an update on whether he's felt worse since because obviously that was five years Mm. ago. I mean, a lot can happen in that time. Life moves on. does. Life does. Do you remember, though, the game itself? Leicester were 2-0 down at home to Sherwood's Aston Villa and came roaring back to win 3-2. And it was sort of plucky little Leicester having survived yeah. the previous season. And they did this a few times, this kind of comeback thing early on that season. And then obviously went on to win the league. It's amazing. Yeah. It, is, it is incredible, isn't it? Especially to, to listen back to a little slice of that season where we barely really spoke about Leicester because uh, it was so early on. It was, you know, mid-September, obviously. And what a, what a brilliant... It's so brilliant to hear us unaware of this seismic thing that's about to happen. Yeah. We're unaware of most things, to be fair. Yeah, it is. It, that is fair. Yeah, but the reason why we didn't listen, the reason why we weren't talking that much about Leicester at the time, is because Louis Van Gaal's Manchester United were beating Brendan Rodgers' Liverpool, and Jose Mourinho's Chelsea were were having a bit of a meltdown themselves. 
and Jose Mourinho yes. was was annoyed with Roberto Martinez that that uh, weekend, whose Everton side beat them because Martinez went first in the post post match press conference, which meant the Chelsea bus had to wait around for for Jose Mourinho, who should have been first. Nothing to do with that annoyed about the the 3-1 loss or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) And also, Manuel Pellegrini and Alan Pardew had a bit of a set to as well. So this is why Leicester were a little bit lower down the pecking order at the time. Yeah, a a lot happened. And the the Pard versus Pellegrini, it was the second one, wasn't it? Um, and in and because um, we were saying that Pardew behaved himself a lot more this time because we at the time we suspected he was trying to get the England job. And Marcus, you tipped um, Sam Allardyce to uh, replace him at Palace. Oh, Mr. Oh, I believe, yeah, I believe happened. Yeah. And also, I uh, we were talking about John Stones from that Chelsea game where Stephen yeah. Naismith scored a hat trick for Everton against Chelsea off the bench, a perfect hat trick as well. Another time, I say that John Stones looks like a big game player like a young Rio Ferdinand, and it's mentioned that he did a Cruyff turn in the box. And Luke said, I look forward to that costing us um, in a knockout game in a major tournament. So, yeah. I mean, the Still Nations League didn't exist, at the, didn't exist at the time, but, yeah. you know, there's an argument there. But by the way, I, can't, I, I admire your guys' ability to listen back through these shows, um, chiefly because within about two minutes of doing it, I just think to myself, God, we didn't know how good we had it. We did not yeah. know how good we had it. And That's I true. am absolutely bereft here. Do you remember in the uh, running order we had to drop games because there was just so much going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they were the, they were. The, I mean, but one thing is for certain that whenever we go back to one of these shows, doesn't matter in which part of of ramble history, Ronaldo or Messi have done something amazing. So last time I think we mentioned Messi had got his three hundredth Barcelona goal or something like that. In this game, in this uh, in this podcast, Ronaldo scored a glut for Real Madrid and became the club's top scorer of all time in the league. I mean, they're just everywhere. <laughs> These records, absolutely incredible. Um, it, it was quite a nice story as well. Just to, to perhaps finish, unless anybody's got any any more to say, that, that in Mexico, if you remember, now this happened a while before the recording of that particular episode, but the former Mexico player Blanco won the election for the position of mayor in the town of Cuernavaca, which I think is his, um, where he's from. But it emerged around the time of when we recorded that podcast in September 2015 that instead of submitting a CV for the job, he just copy and pasted his Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a CV, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Brilliant. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the Masked Winger. Who's under there, under the mask? Let's see if we can figure it out. Who's under there, under the mask? Let's see if we can figure it out. It's the mask we are. We're going to figure it out. It's the mask winger, the mystery footballer, uh, where I uh, impart a few key clues written by one of you guys. Uh, if you want to get involved, it's uh, G-L-O-L-D at footballrambledaily.com. That's glold at footballrambledaily.com. Pete, is he actually a winger this week? He is actually a winger this week. So shut, okay. your, Raul, shut your noise, you Mark Busby has said hello, uh, and he's coming to come up with the uh, with the uh, clues this time around. He's actually a winger. The first clue is: I was born on the twentieth of December, nineteen eighty. Luke, yours. I want to go Matthew Etherington. 
Nice. Ooh. It's not Matthew Everington, but I, I, I don't think he's ever been mentioned on Glold or um, The Masked Winger, Ooh. so it's very enjoyable. Ooh. I was born in a country that no longer exists. Ooh. 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 Think about which countries have... I was going to say changed hands. So yeah, okay, I guess so. I guess that works. I came to football late, discovering when I was 17, playing for my college team, having uh, um, moved to England age nine. That is quite late, isn't it, I suppose, 17? Yeah. In the modern game. Mm. Mm. Uh, my international home stadium is called Stade de Marteur. Stop. Lauren Robert? It's not Lauren Robert. You've got to say your name. That wouldn't have counted, Jim. There'd have been a steward's inquiry there. It would have been bad. (laughs) I didn't know who that was. (laughs) I can can kind of tell you your voices. Um, I played for multiple teams in England, including two for the teams the Ramblers support, Greece, Qatar, Cyprus and Turkey. That's a big clue. Nothing. This is interesting, this one. This yeah, is very it's interesting. A good one. It's a good one. I missed some league games uh, as I contracted malaria on international duty. Luke, so the, the only player I can think of that played for my team, assuming it is one of my teams, who's contracted malaria, is Yakubu. He's not a winger. It's not Yakubu. It's not Yakubu. I, I know he's not he a winger, contract- Marcus, but I also know Pete Donaldson, so I thought yeah, it was worth a guess. Yeah, yeah. Fair I fair believe fair. he, uh, I believe he contracted it when he wasn't at your club. All uh, right, Marcus. I am generally go, on, Marcus. Benjani. It's not Benjani. <laughs> I am genuine. I am generally known only by my family name. Oh, Jim. Go on, Is Jim. It Trezor uh, Luolua. It is Trezor Lamar. Yes. Luar, Luar. Congratulations, Jim. Fantastic at work. I injured myself celebrating a goal in typical gymnastic style against Arsenal in 2006. Take that. Uh, and I started my career at Colchester United. Went to Newcastle, Portsmouth uh, before, uh, well, netting 19 goals before going overseas. And my cousin is uh, Yannick Balassi. So uh, thank you very much yeah. for uh, getting involved. Mark Busby on that one. I always liked that player. I thought he was decent. He's, he's still playing. Um, he's still playing for like yeah. a non-league team in um, in Peterborough. Is he, uh, is he lovely? I, I, look, I'll, I'll say I'll suggest this says more about me than anything else. But I don't know if I consider Luwaloa to be a winger. I think he's more of a striker. But I I can see oh, that he has he played was in that position. Definitely a winger. He played all, all right. of his time in Newcastle on the wing. It's not my it's not my fault. Portsmouth managers don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he scored against Bobby Robson's Newcastle. Thank you very he much. Did. And he, he somersaulted right in front He'd of him. He hurt them. He hurt us. He hurt us. Yeah. He's hurt us there. Yeah. That, there was that was the point where Portsmouth had Papa Buba Diop, Benjani Muwariwari, and Trezor Lamanu Luwalawa all in the same team. It's magnificent. <laughs> it's a magnificent yeah. uh, thing to listen to. Mm. Yeah. Well, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. We've reached the end of the preview show. Um, A little reminder before we go that we shall be watching Hotshot for Pete's Film Club on Monday, which features a Pele. So it should be pretty average, you would think. (laughs) (laughs) Will it it reach the heights of his... um, Do you think his his film career in this case will reach the heights of his uh, World Cup winning career? At 17, winning the the World Cup. Do you think this will creatively reach those levels? Or will it be more like his Viagra advert where he says, I would. uh, I would. In this this film, the plot seems to be, I won't. So... (laughs) Yes. um, Tune in to find out. 
Yeah, he, he turned his hair into diamonds for a time, isn't he? There really is nothing Pele won't do for money, it would seem. So I'm <laughs> looking forward it's, to it's, this. What I like about that is he's been involved in so many different kind of licensing deals, old Pele, and he's made a hell of a lot of money off uh, what can only be described as one of the greatest careers that we will ever uh, experience as mm-hmm. football fans. Um, but yet... As the football ramble for uh, uh, that 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 we're doing it ten years ago, we are obsessed with the fact that he turned his hair into diamonds. Like yeah. out of all of the commercial opportunities he's had <laughs> in his life, turning your hair into diamonds was just one too step too far. I think football ramble daily. Yeah. But I think though, if if hair can be turned into diamonds, like shouldn't we all be doing it? Do it. Yeah, well, it would take a lot of pressure, I think. Uh, I mean, not for my hair; it's very thin. Uh, you'd, you'd have to, you'd have to <laughs> probably. Um, Bulk it out with a bit of beard and possibly pubic hair. So, yeah. <laughs> it's only a matter of time before we he's taking it there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Can you turn your beard into diamonds? He mentioned Just pubic hair. We've it? got to go. We've got to go. <laughs> um, thank you, you thank you, everybody. All right, that's enough. All right, <laughs> there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening to the preview show on Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. I am back with Jonathan Wilson tomorrow. We are discussing with Gav Ramjuan, BBC Sports Gav Ramjuan, the, uh, the the Champions League final, Barcelona 2, Arsenal 1. Get your chops around that. Some lovely old chat there. Even if you're an Arsenal fan, I think you'll still enjoy it. Um, so that should be quite good. And a reminder, of course, of the good stuff happening on, on Patreon. Is it, Luke, give us another reminder quickly. Yeah, so sign up before 5am on Monday for a chance to win a great Toshiba TV. It's patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily. Lovely old job. Say goodbye, Jim. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Petey. Goodbye, everyone. It's goodbye from me, everybody. Stay safe. This was a Stakhanov production. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.